Welcome into your betting preview for this week's WM Phoenix Open. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, this is a big boy event. Finally, a, a true designated, elevated event. Uh, would you say most excited you've been for a golf tournament since what? The Open Championship? It's yes. And it's not just this. It's it's this. And then there's a Super Bowl. And then next week is Riviera. And then it's going to be like players before you. This is such a good golf time on the calendar. And mm-hmm. the designated events or whatever you want to call them are working like they were supposed to, right? Like this is our first glimpse at them where you get everyone in the same spot. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jacked up about it. Do you feel like, yeah, I was going to ask, cause do you feel like anything changes for you in terms of the actual event outside of the fact that they're competing for more money? Do you think there is like a, do you think there'll be like a different vibe during the week atmospheric wise or anything like that? I don't know. I think it is always different when you get all the same guy, all the guys in one spot, right? So like when you right. look around and groups are like Rory and Rom and JT and there's Colin and there's Vic, hey Vic and it's just like, oh my God, everywhere you turn, there's something happening and they seem to always find their way to the top of the board. So no, I don't think it's like, I, I when I get there, I will not think once about how much money is being made, which I would never would anyway, right? right. I, I never, I never watch a guy hit a shot and I'm like, oh, Wow, he's playing for one and a half million or two, yeah, and a half or million. even like that. He lost 200k from yeah. missing that putt. Yeah. Like, I don't care, but like, it, I think it'll be it'll feel different because you're just gonna have so many of the best players in one spot. Well, I'm incredibly excited for you. I wish I was joyful. Is it your first time down in Phoenix at this yeah. event? Yeah, I've never, yeah, I've never been to TPC Scott. I've never even been to Phoenix. So to have wow. that along with all the Super Bowl stuff that'll be going on, like I'm I'm imagining a pretty electric <sighs> atmosphere and hopefully that it lives up to it. Are you going to hang out at 16? Is that your scene? I can't really tell if like, you know, now we've been to Vegas together and stuff, but I don't know if I take you for like a, Jugging beers and taking your shirt no. off at 16 type. No, guy. and I'm also not like a big crowds guy, which is going to be a problem considering there's right. going to be like 210,000 people there or whatever it is on Saturday. No, I mean, I will definitely check out 16. Um, sure. I'll definitely go check it out. I got to I gotta get the vibe for it, um, see what's happening, but I don't see me camping out there. I see myself walking around, following specific groups, do, you know, doing the normal stuff that I would do. I'm not, I'm not going to get in there and start like, yeah, shotgunning beers and smashing them in, into my head or anything like that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hope they give us some, like some really good tea times this week, right? Like yeah. give us, give us that Rory Rom showdown that we've been waiting for. Right. And we'll, we'll get into it in a second when we start talking about the odds board, but I am the thing that I'm probably most excited for is like, I think we are really, really going to get a great barometer of like who is, should be the favorite for the masters, right? Who is in the best lead in form heading into the players, right? Because this is a course 
Um, like I've talked about a bunch of times before, and Tory Pines does fit that bill as well, though this feels a little bit different, where, you know, it's a ball strikers course. And I think we can learn a lot about where these elite players' games are at heading into this awesome stretch that we have ahead of us. Yeah, and like no course rotation rotation BS, just <laughs> like let's go play the same course four times and put all the best players there and see who comes out on top. So Absolutely stoked for it. Here's the board that you were referencing. This is the grid via odds checker. Uh, two guys stand alone at the top, Rom and Rory. Nine to one are their best numbers that are available. And then we can lump in the next three. Uh, I would say it's Scotty at 14 to one, Xander at 16, Tony Finau at 20. It's a lot of win equity at the top. Do we pass it up or do we click a name? Well, I see that. The fee now, there's not a, it's a very small screen for me, but there's not any 25s out there on fee now anymore. There's a 20. 20 is the best number available. Yeah, I hit that 25 this morning. That felt a bit irresponsible to me, Rick. I I don't understand why there were 25s hanging out there on Tony Finau, who's won three times in his last nine starts. I mean, I run my numbers every week. You know, you can find all this stuff in the article that I wrote for the website this week. But I have Tony Finau as the number one golfer in this field. I mean, he rated out higher than Rory and Rom for me. I just think what he's doing right now from a ball striking standpoint is pretty damn immaculate. And um, to me, I wouldn't have blinked if he was in the Xander and Scheffler range, I wouldn't have blinked if he was above Cantlay. I wouldn't have blinked if he was, you know, 14, 15 to one this week, Rick. So for me, my guy is Tony, if we're talking at the top. Yeah, obviously he probably feels like he should have won one of these already. I think he had a two shot lead with two to go. Webb got him into a playoff and then beat him into a playoff in, I guess that was 2020. 2021 yeah i guess maybe the reason why people are a little bit lower on him is he has a very strange course history here where he's played here seven times he's missed the cut five times but he also has a second place finish and a performance like you see i believe in 2015 where he gained like 11 strokes ball striking right so it's not like this course doesn't fit his eye does the five missed cuts worry you at all no, I think he is. Yeah. He is a completely different than even last year. He's a completely different golfer right now. I, 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 there were some tweets that I put out at the end of the calendar year. He's literally one of the highest upside golfers of the year, right? I mean, you know, I think there were only five instances of guys gaining 18 strokes to the field in a single tournament. He had like three of them, right? right. Like it's just, yeah, I, I, I get it. Like I totally get it. Would you, so is there any, any one of these other guys like Xander Scheffler? I mean, and I guess like, even if we're talking, starting your DraftKings lineup for, for one and done, if you had to pick between Rory and Rum, who would you pick as a better week? Um, probably Rory. I Interesting. Think, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think, think I, Rory's. I think I'd go Rom, given just given the course history. Yeah, and I'm not going to blame you for that, right? I mean, this is. Spl- I yeah. think it's splitting hairs. The, I think they're. Cl- I think they're pretty clearly. What have they won? Seven of their last fourteen combined events, or something like that. It's. Yeah. Uh, of, of course, they're 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 going to be great, but it is interesting because I I like Scotty a lot. I don't. I don't think I'd. Right. Uh, you know, I'd rather you know, bet fee now at 20 or even start my card, like in these, in, in the next section here. But I think I'm higher on Scotty 
than most are just because, you know, Rom and Rory are eating up a lot of oxygen. The phenals are here and Cantlay and Colin and all that stuff. But I think I'm higher on Scotty than most. Okay. So if I, it's interesting because we have these nice little pairings, but if I asked you, let's just do a little thought exercise here. If I asked you Rory, Rom, you're going Rory, right? Yeah. And I'll go Rom. If you're going Xander, Scotty, you're going Scotty. That's right. Okay. I think I'd go Xander. If you're going yeah. Finau, Cantlay, I'm going Finau. I would go you Finau. Going? I would go Finau. And, and then Morikawa JT is the final one. I think it's Colin pretty clearly for me. Interesting. Okay. I, I think we're, I think we're opposed on all four of those, <laughs> which is, which is interesting, but it's cool because you're starting to see like, this is how the masters odds board is going to shake out, right? Is who kind of wins these little head to heads between these guys at the top. Yeah. And it's so good that we have so many of these guys that we can actually ask those questions and have them be close enough that we can be split. Like it's, it's, it's so good that that next tier is Cantlay at 21, uh, as short as 18, as long as 21 Morikawa at 22 JT is also at 22. Homa is also at 22. And then Sung Jay rounds out the rest of the guys. Uh, you get a pretty decent number on Sung Jay 28 to one. It's longest 22 mm. at his shortest. So this is the, I don't know, second tier of golfer Andy. Yeah. I had a busy morning this week. I mean, I was, there were some really good numbers, Rick. And I went a little, I went a little crazy, man. There was a, there was a lingering, there was a lingering 24 on Justin Thomas, which I hit. And there was a lingering 39 on Sung JM, which I also hit. Here's my thing with JT Rick. I think this is a good question for you too. Who do you think of the elite players most needs a win? Not like any of these guys have something to prove, but who do you think of the elite players is most due for a win? That's a good one. Um, What was Cantlay's last win? BMW. Um, Like it, like seven, eight starts ago. Honestly, feels longer than that. It does. It does. Um, I guess where you're taking me, and I and I guess I would have to agree is that it's Justin Thomas, which is yeah. nuts because he won a major last year. I know, I know. But my thing with JT, right, is the guy wins. The guy from ages 21 to 27 wins 15 times on the PGA Tour. He wins 15 times on the PGA Tour. He's like, by the age of 27, he's on pace for like a historically great career. And then over the last two years, He's won two tournaments, right? And and don't get me wrong, not two tournaments to stick your nose up at. We're talking about the players and the PGA Championship. But this is a guy that really made his bones just racking up wins on the PGA Tour. And over the last 24 months, he's only won twice. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a correction coming with that. I feel like he's been a little bit on the wrong side of variance with these ones. And here's the thing with JT and this happened when I hit him at the players at 20 to one, like any, a pretty, there's some pretty good hard and fast rules in golf. And you can do this with like Morikawa when he hits the thirties, when JT hits the twenties, like I'm in, like I'm in. And, and he usually doesn't stay there for too long. So when I saw the 24 this morning, I was, uh, I was all in on Justin Thomas. I, I'm I'm happy to give JT the benefit of the, of the doubt and the resume that, that you discussed. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. Are you, what level of concern do you have about the fact that he is a tour average approach player going back to the U.S. Open? Yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, it, it, this is the strongest aspect of his game 
And for honestly months now, I mean, you look at the last two times that he was really JT on approach. You have to go back to that back-to-back stretch of the U S open and the Canadian open. Right. Um, you know, I think this is a golf course that fits his eye really well off the tee, like or, or off the tee and on approach. If you look at his ball striking numbers in Phoenix, I want to say yeah, this is crazy. off the top of my head. Yeah, he gained 10.5 strokes ball striking last year, right? So if you want to talk about like get right spots on a course that clearly fit his game and fit his eye, and I think that matters on this course because, you know, there's some pretty like shaky and uncomfortable and interesting tee shots and interesting approach shots. We didn't talk too much about the course, but like there's a lot of trouble on this course. Like you've got to golf your ball. It ranked fifth out of 38 courses in penalty strokes per round last year. Um, but yeah, I would say that I'm at like a four out of 10 in terms of concerns about his iron play. And, you know, if he again is like a neutral iron player this week, then the alarm bells, you can ring him, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, also has putted well, historically at uh, TPC Scottsdale, maybe he can read those greens a little bit better. The thirties have some names as well. Actually the thirties and the forties cam young back yeah. from Saudi Arabia, 30 to one Hideki's at 33. We know his history around this place. Tom Kim, 33 Victor at 35 Spieth Fitzpatrick at 40. Um, yeah, those are, those are the big names before we get to 50s and beyond. Yeah, you know, I guess if we're like being a little bit liberal and grouping Sung Jay into this category, Sung Jay would be my favorite. But this is an interesting range. Now you're starting to talk about players that at least, you know, they have one or two question marks next to them, right? You're not right. getting that like immaculate resume that you're getting with a Rory or Rom. I, I I like Cameron Young a lot this week. I really do. I have room for like one guy in the 35 to 45 range. And I would say at this current moment in time, I'm leaning towards Cam Young. I wish that we had numbers from his second place finish at the Saudi International, but that's not even a Euro tour event. That's an Asian tour event, which right. I don't even want to know what it takes to find <laughs> numbers from the Asian tour. Right. But are you, are you concerned at all about the travel aspect of it with Cam Young? Generally? No, uh, generally not. I mean, if, if what's, you know, what's worse flying back from Saudi Arabia, first thing, uh, Sunday morning here in the States or having to be at Pebble until Monday, yeah. like afternoon, he's, he's flying privately, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, between, yeah, the, I bet you the appearance fee can cover a couple private. And I'm sure that they, that. I'm sure that they, they hook him up with that as well. It's not coming out of his pocket. So he's, he's 30. I thought I saw some, like f- much better numbers than that. Uh, there were some day or big, two ago. There were some big time Cam Young numbers. There were some big times. What about your boy Sam Burns? Did you hop on? I think there yeah, was like a fifty five earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just see. That's kind of the the thought process that I have with with JT, which is why I could probably get there on both of them. It's like just this guy's better than this number indicates. Irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. 55s. He wins way too much for that. He wins too much. You know, he's, he's been in the mix at Tory before he's been in the mix at Riviera before he played well at the American express where he gained across the board. I was hoping to see him at Tory Pines. We we didn't get that. Obviously it's a packed schedule this, you know, coming up here. So he was probably just getting right. But I, I thought that that was, yeah, too big for a guy who like could win twice a year. 
Totally agree. I mean, I think there are, I think now you're at the point where it seems like bucks are probably starting to like compete with each other over numbers. And that's why I think it's such a great week to use and utilize the odds checker grid, because I mean, you look at it and it's like, man, Jason day is as low as 40 to one at some places and as high as 70 to one at some places. My issue, once you start getting down here, Rick is like, I don't know if I would go below any of these names that we're looking at. I just think there's too much star power at the top. I I really have the sense just kind of in my bones this week that this one is going to be won by one of those top 10 players on the odds board. I'll give you, I, I tend to agree, but I'll give you two more options here because they are such big discrepancies. As you mentioned, uh, Keegan Bradley is as long as 80, as short as 50. Ricky is as long as 80, as short as 55. Keegan, obviously, great ball striker. He did it again at at Torrey Pines. He's putting better. He's won the Zozo, obviously, a strong field. Nowhere near what he's going to get this week, but it's there. And then Ricky, who (laughs) you got to zoom out a little bit further than JT, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you got to zoom out a little bit further. But if he is getting right, this is probably the best spot for him. Yeah, if I asked you in terms of like career renaissance, who do you have more confidence in going forward? Both are on my fantasy team, by the way. Jason Day or Ricky Fowler? I love the Day stuff because he seems healthy, but um, I I always feel like he's like one swing away from (laughs) that not being good anymore. So I reluctantly say ricky but okay um, me too i i think so i think i get caught up in the swing videos and i'm a sucker for what it seems like he seems to be working on with this full swing right now yeah it looks it looks a lot better the stats are uh, kind of presenting a similar story the putters coming back which was an issue for a long time and then the history around phoenix is uh pretty much immaculate the win i think a couple of runner-up finishes a handful more top 10 stuff like that so uh good good stuff there is that it? Is that the line, right? Like, I mean, as far as actual outrights go, we're now in like the Siwoo Kim, Billy Horschel, Tom Hoagie range. Yeah, as far as outright goes, yes. Um, there's some interesting guys down here that I will write about for DFS purposes, you know, in my Wednesday article. And I'm sure I'll answer some start sick questions as well when we're talking season long fantasy. But no, I think this one gets won by somebody below 50 to one. And like, yeah, I have some good things to say about our guy, Aaron Wise, and Brian Harmon is interesting here. But I, I I, think if we're talking outrights and if we're talking one and done, like, it's a big guy this week, man. I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's a big guy. Uh, the matchup market is probably where I'll get exposure to some of those other interesting guys that you mentioned. Like Lucas Herbert, it, it hasn't been on the PGA Tour. He's been awesome. Right. Yeah. Didn't he finish top five in in Saudi? Finished finished third in Saudi, had finished top, I think it was back to back third place finishes there and Dubai. And he's, he's feeling it right now. The, there's a matchup of him versus Joel Damon and then JT Poston, who's got three straight T21s, a T6, has been great in Phoenix, him against JJ Spom. So, like, those are the guys I agree with you. Like, Lucas Herbert's not going to win this golf tournament. JT Post is not going to win this yeah. golf tournament. Um, we'll see what kind of their roster rate is when we get to DFS. But like, I'm clicking some matchups with these guys because I'm a believer in them. Yeah, and even the one that I'm just looking at on the screen here that's right below the two that you just mentioned, like 
Fitzpatrick might be hurt right now, right? Like we watched him at the Pebble at Pebble Beach. He was, I, I think he kind of finally turned it around at the tail end of his round. But when I turned on the screen, he was like five over. And yeah, you have to weigh a little bit of juice, but you're getting him in a matchup against Hideki, who yeah. has won this tournament twice, right? And he right. seems to be fully healthy. So that's another one that has my attention. Yeah. I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick ended up being pretty honest with, he was like, I'm not 100% and this is a warm up, and his play kind of reflected that. So interesting, interesting to see. Um, there are a couple of other ones where you get like Max Homa versus Tony Finau, probably mm. priced pretty fairly there, but then yeah, you can get like, one. like Rom and Rory, if you just want access to the big dog, that's I mean, a fun one. Yeah, yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of good ones here. Um, the other one that I saw, I got I got to find it, but I was looking at um, the strokes gain distribution, and mm-hmm. Terrell Hatton has been just gaining like one stroke to the field per round and an outrageous amount. He has no ceiling whatsoever. The ceiling is not there, <laughs> but he is just like gaining a stroke every single round that he plays. And there was a Hatton versus Lowry. Mm. And I know you're a Lowry guy, huge but, Lowry guy, but Lowry hasn't been good since the win. He has not. He has not. Um, he's, and it's my first time I'm getting to use him on my fantasy team this week. So I'm, I'm like tentatively excited, but you're right. He hasn't been. Can I ask you a question too? What is the hero cup? Did that one just like fly right over? Like what? Yeah, I was looking um, at that on the website and like, what is the hero cup? Did we yeah, talk about the hero? It's cup? like the European Tours President's Cup. So it is um continental Europe versus Great Britain and Ireland, I believe. So oh. it was like Tommy Fleetwood, Alex Norin, uh Shane Lowry, uh Seamus Power played in it. It was like those types of guys. It's a three, I think it's a three-day event. And um I think Continental Europe won it. Gotcha. But I, well, but I just put it in two. That's bad. He correct. That's second. <laughs> correct. Yeah. So that's, so that this is just the reason I put it in there and it has, you know, no strokes gained or no stats or anything is I want people to know he played right. Like he played an event that week. He was not right. dark, which I love. I, yeah. I, 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 I think that's important to have on the site. Yeah. Again, tentative excitement around Shane Lowry this week. Don't know if he'll make my betting card, although like a 66 to one is like definitely a fair number on him. But yeah, I would say definitely utilize that matchup market if you're trying to make some decisions um, at the top with guys and you don't want to pay that price. Uh, some of the higher prices like Ram and Rory. Let's continue this conversation. Uh, we will briefly preview the props board and then talk about those one and done options. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. 
Okay, so for props, you know, my apologies to the guys over at Prize Picks. We are recording this early. That's my fault. I'm headed to Phoenix, so the props aren't out yet. Now, Andy, when you talk about some of the more demanding shots at TPC Scottsdale, um, are, is there anything in particular that you want to keep an eye on for when this prop market does drop? And also, if I remember correctly, you know, this it's usually a pretty big prop week. We might get like what score are guys going to make on on 16? What are they going to make on yeah. seven? Like it's usually a pretty, this is where we start to get that really cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we don't have it in front of us yet, no. but one thing that I would look out for, actually two things that I would look out for, and we talk about this with prize picks a lot, where it seems like they don't always account for like the long-term course data that me and you are looking at. So a couple things with this course, just to monitor right off the bat, pretty low driving accuracy percentage here, right? And, and you know, it's not like the fairways are as narrow as Torrey Pines. They're like 13th out of 38th in fairway width. So they're like narrower than tour average, but not crazy narrow. The issue is that the course is really firm and fast and it's a pretty like driver heavy course. So like, right players are enticed to play aggressively off the tee because the rough isn't that much of a problem. So you do end up seeing a really low driving accuracy percentage here. So one thing I would look for off the bat is what do those fairway props look like? If you start to see some of those a little bit on the higher end, I would lean towards under. And then the other thing that I would just take a look at, like at a macro level for prize picks is monitor this as the week goes on because this is one of those events where the course tends to get a lot harder um as the tournament progresses and the reason right. for that is is pretty simple right you're playing in a giant canyon the course gets firmer and faster as the week goes on the more sunlight unless they're watering these greens like crazy which they've done a pretty good job of not doing over the past couple of years and that's what i think is kind of fun about this event and i wrote about this in the article too, is it's like, it always seems like you get pretty easy scoring conditions on Thursday and Friday. And then we get to the weekend and guys are ejecting left and right. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're kind of looking out for one thing and playing prize picks day by day, maybe lean towards like scoring unders on Thursday and Friday and look at some overs on Saturday and Sunday. I love that makes complete and perfect sense. One and done options. So you oh. mentioned uh, we got to use a big boy, but before we do that, let me give you the update from last week. I went, he with made Tom. the cut. He made he the cut. Rick. Jordan Spieth made, made the, cut. the cut. He did 19,620. Tom Hoagie also made the cut. My selection 22,821. So essentially no change in this year long standings. 1.874 for me, 232,000 for you. Uh, 232,000, Andy, that's going to be like mm, 60th place this week. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but this is a massive, massive purse with a lot of money at the top. <sighs> this is it. I, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, Rick, but this is, I can't afford a bad week. I can't afford it. I, I can't, I, we're, this is crunch time, baby, for me. I know it's early. This is the sixth event of the season. And for most people in one and done pools, it's only their fifth. You know, we did Kapalua, but this is, this is crunch time for me. The winner gets $3.6 million. Um, I know who I have in mind. Do you want to go first? Yes. I believe I'm required to go first. So I, I'm, I'm obviously going to spend a big boy. 
Um, mm-hmm. That big boy that I've opted for is uh, Scotty Scheffler. Okay. Okay. You good with yeah. that? Oh, I'm good with that. No, that is a good pick. Um, should I reveal mine or do you want to take a second? Uh, a quick second to talk like general strategy. Yeah. So general, general strategy, I think, um, I think it's actually quite simple, right? It's kind of the first full field designated event. The tournament of champions was as well, but this is kind of your first, your first full field one. I think it's pretty clear that you have to burn, burn a big boy and you Mm -hmm. have a lot of options to do so. I, I think that there might, um, there's really no reason to save anyone. I guess the only person you'd consider saving would be whoever you want to save for the players. Cause I think that's going to be the only purse that's higher. That's going to be 25 Is this million. a higher purse than the majors. Well, those won't be announced until the major week, but historically, yeah. like if you look back at last year's purses, yes, I think the masters last year was 15. I think the PGA was 17 and a half. Um, okay. so this is, yeah, this is it. I mean, like you got to use somebody. Okay, uh, real quick, because I got to get out of here for a podcast too, but quick prediction on who you think will be most popular, and then I will give you my pick for our one and done. As of right now, Xander Shoffley on officefootballpool.com site-wide picks is 18% owned. John hmm. Rahm, 12. Hideki at 8. Sahith at 6.5. I cannot imagine using Sahith here ever. Yeah, that's and weird for me. And 6% on uh, Homa and Fino. Okay, so I'm going to use a guy that I think is not only a good play for us, but might actually end up being a good play in larger contests too. I'm going to burn more Kala. Yeah. Yep. You like that? Yep. How do you feel I, about that? I wrote him up in Golf Digest. I uh, will likely end up betting him when I log on here in a bit. Yeah, I'm. 25 is a good number, right? He's ready. It's 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 happening. Yeah. Irons are back. Iron yep. numbers from Tory were great. Let's do it, Colin. Love it. Love it. Put him in a dome with no wind and watch him fire at darts. Okay. Scotty Shuffler versus Colin Morikawa. Andy Lack, much appreciated, sir. All his work available on uh, rickrungood.com. You can follow him on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for the WM Phoenix Open. Good luck.